Welcome back to Spoiler Free Wrestling, everyone. And we are talking SummerSlam, which was last night in the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. Now, I did not attend this show live as I did for TakeOver. I did think there were some very notable things to talk about. Most notable to me personally, I thought was Bray Wyatt's performance as the Fiend. I really do believe that this mask, the appearance of the character and Bray Wyatt's portrayal is enough to make this character um, the Undertaker-esque character that I think everybody wanted him to be for the first few years. I think this evolution, this step in Bray Wyatt takes it to another level. I think this performance, I think he's at another level now. I think he was this character before who was sort of borderline main eventing. And I say borderline, it's like, kind of, but most of the time he's going to be not quite at that level. He had a run with the WWE Championship. But now, as the Fiend, I do think that this is something that can take him from a guy who maybe gets a world title run and the fans chant, you deserve it. And, and it's a, uh, and it's sort of like a, and it, you know, you hold it for two months or whatever. I think the fiend can be seen as an unstoppable undertaker type character. I mean, there's no reason why it can't be. There's so much buzz. So many people talk about Bray Wyatt online. So many people, uh, I, to a lot of people, Bray Wyatt is their favorite thing about wrestling right now. And that's significant. Like, I remember, like, if you think about Jake the Snake Roberts or Macho Man Randy Savage, there was a lot of guys during the 80s where it's like, they were your favorite wrestler. Like, maybe Hulk Hogan was the most popular guy, or the Ultimate Warrior was the most popular guy, but you really liked Jake the Snake Roberts. You know, you, he was your favorite wrestler. You know, I, to me, it feels like Bray Wyatt has a lot of fans who to them, he's their favorite wrestler, their favorite thing about wrestling. The thing that gets them most excited about tuning in to every WWE show. And I, I'm not even sure what brand he's on. I think he's on SmackDown. He's kind of on both, but. He was feuding with Finn Balor, who was on SmackDown. I don't really know. But they played off, like, Bray Wyatt was made to look like a complete monster. He just ragdolled Finn Balor around. Snapped his neck! He did that thing where he snapped his neck. And then gave him the mandible claw, pinned him. Balor did get uh, a little bit of offense. He kind of made a comeback, but... Ultimately, this was just a showcase for Wyatt's new fiend persona. And the sky's the limit, really, for this character. I think it might be a long, long time before we see Bray Wyatt lose a match again. And 
I think this is what takes Bray Wyatt from being kind of a top-ish guy to a real top, top guy in pro wrestling. From being like a main eventer, uh, a guy that people go to see. Well, I think I think Bray Wyatt gets people to go go to see him now. I think there are definitely people who, if you that Bray Wyatt is their absolute favorite thing about wrestling, and there was some doubt in the minds of some people like there were some doubters out there that this would just be Bray Wyatt 2.0 but it wouldn't really lead to any type of change or move up the card for him and i think all of those doubters were proved wrong last night because the character looks larger than life looks like something that can be you know featured at the very at, at the very main event of the card so i think there's a lot a lot to look forward to in terms of Bray Wyatt and the Fiend and like you wonder if the Fiend can be so successful that at the end of Bray Wyatt's career we look back to those 4 years of the Wyatt family and we're like Oh, yeah, he was the before. Oh, man, I remember that. I wonder if it's going to be like that. All right, but let's go start things off with the Cruiserweight Championship match. Drew Gulak and Oni Lorcan. Um, I wrote and we did a, a preview um, at SE Scoops. Okay, so Gulak and Lorcan. Now, first of all, Gulak, who's from Philadelphia and is a big hockey fan, he knew what he was doing showing up in Philadelphia Flyers gear for uh, in a in the arena that the Toronto Maple Leafs play in. Uh, I mean, he did that too. Like last month, uh, was last month Extreme Rules? Uh, if last month was Extreme Rules, uh, it was in Philadelphia, and he did the same thing. He had his Philadelphia colored gear on and he has boots that basically look like they're hockey socks almost and so he was wearing his philadelphia gear in toronto get a little extra maybe a little extra heat there now he won by punching lorkin in the adam's apple and then giving him his finish uh or like the slam that he does not the gulak and so this was played up as gulak Maybe didn't break the rules, but bent them to his advantage. Then the next match, it was Buddy Murphy versus Apollo Crews in what was a match that had only been advertised a little earlier in the day. But Rowan came out and beat up Buddy Murphy because Buddy Murphy had um, uh, said that Rowan had been at the scene of one of Roman Reigns' attacks and then we saw Daniel Bryan watching on ominously backstage. But other than that, we never really got anything with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. And I, so probably we won't find out what's the next chapter in that until Tuesday on SmackDown. 
Maybe they're just trying to sell tickets for Tuesday's SmackDown. I don't know. So Elias comes out next, and Elias, uh, you know, sings a song about the Leafs not winning a Stanley Cup and Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers. Edge comes out, spears him. And so you got sort of a moment for the hometown crowd. Then in a match which had also not been advertised until earlier that day, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeated the Iconics. And I really do think we got to figure out what the heck's going on with this women's division. We need more established teams. It feels like Bliss and Cross, like while they'd been in all these segments together for a long time, they hadn't really been teaming all that much before they won the titles. And my Amazon Echo goes off every time I talk about Bliss and her first name. So, and then uh, tonight on Raw, the the champs, Bliss and Nikki Cross, will defend the titles again, this time against the Kabuki Warriors. Now, the Kabuki Warriors... Okay, so what are the established teams we have? We have the Iconics, the Kabuki Warriors. You broke up the Riot Squad, so we don't have them. Like, neither live... Uh, Morgan or or, uh, Sarah Logan are doing anything. Like, I thought Logan was going to do this Viking gimmick, but we haven't seen her in months. You could at least have them teaming as the Riot Squad. Um, But anyway, we'll get uh, Cross and Bliss versus the Kabuki Warriors tonight. Then the pay-per-view started off, and I'll admit, I thought Becky Lynch was going to get booed more than she did. There were definitely some boos, but there were more. Yeah, there were more Becky fans. There was definitely a lot of Becky fans there, enough to drown out any of the more adamant Natalia some uh, supporters. Uh, this match, I was surprised it it went on first, and it seemed and I don't know what the match time was, but it seemed quicker. Uh, then I thought it would be Natalia really didn't put up the fight that I thought she would do. She would, and she ended up, uh, submitting to the disarmor. So, I mean, that's a, that seems like this feud is not going to continue past this. It was a fairly, you know, conclusive victory for Lynch making Natalia tap in her home country. So what's next for Lynch? Uh, we'll just have to see, but we'll be looking they'll they'll be looking for some heels to move is Charlotte on Smackdown or Raw? Cuz I mean it seems like Charlotte would be the next like Charlotte after beating Trish Stratus has to get a title shot, but I think she's on Smackdown. No, she is. So we maybe we'll get Charlotte versus Bailey, but I'm uh, not sure exactly what's next for Becky Lynch on Raw, but likely they'll figure out something good. Then Goldberg beat Dolph Ziggler, it, I had a completely expected this to be just give the guy a spear, a jackhammer, and uh, and just let him have a better experience than what happened uh, at Super Showdown. It was more than that. Ziggler starts things off with a whole bunch of super kicks and uh, gets some one counts. <laughs> uh, and then eventually Goldberg came and, and speared Ziggler. Uh, Ziggler just made these spears look like he he was getting hit by a truck. Ziggler then starts cutting these promos about, I knew you didn't have the guts to face me man to man, which makes no sense because that's exactly what Goldberg had just done. 
Then Goldberg came out, speared him again. Ziggler does basically the same thing. Uh, Goldberg comes out, spears him again, and that's the segment. Thought it was uh, completely fine for, for, you know, it was supposed to be Goldberg as an attraction. The fans loved it. You know, the fans were all chanting Goldberg. And uh, so now Ziggler will take on The Miz tonight on Raw. And I think Ziggler might need a little rehabbing after this. So we'll see what happens. And then we had AJ Styles versus Ricochet. Styles would work Ricochet's leg for much of this match. Uh, in the end, Ricochet would make a comeback, trying to do all these flashy moves on one leg. Uh, he would eventually, he sort of, I mean, Anderson and Gallows never straight up interfered, but Ricochet would have to divert his attention and take them out before they could. So it never warranted a disqualification. Then he went up for a move from the top rope. He's caught by Styles, gives him the Styles clash and gets the pin. And so, also, earlier on the kickoff show, if you didn't see this, we got a segment of the OC and Finn Balor in the back. And I almost wonder if Finn Balor is going to be joining the OC soon. They definitely wanted to make it look that way. So, Styles, Anderson, and Gallows go up to Balor and like, and Balor says something about Styles having a, a U.S. title match or I don't know. But then eventually the topic gets brought up. Oh man, Finn Balor, you're taking on the Fiend tonight. Bray Wyatt's Fiend. Well, if you need our help, just put up the signal. And so, and, and then Styles, Anderson, Gallows, they all do that. Yeah, yeah, you know, put up the too sweet thing. And we never see, we never saw in the clip if Finn Balor gave them the too sweet or if he didn't. All right, so, we, so we're left not knowing. Has Finn Balor realigned with the club? We don't know. We didn't see the camera cut out. And they're not telling us what happened. Uh, and then when Balor came out, he did do the two sweet as part of his entrance, but I think he does that a lot. So, uh, and then the OC never did help Balor, so tough to say. But uh, there was definitely some teasing of Finn Balor joining the OC that was given on the kickoff show. But that was Styles. He defeated Ricochet. It feels like Ricochet is going to need to do something to even the odds in this feud, but it does seem like this feud might, might continue a little bit as well. Then we had Bailey defeated Ember Moon. She gave her a Bailey to belly or whatever she calls it off the top rope. Kevin Owens defeated Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon brought Elias out as a, as another referee. And of course the storyline here was that if Owens lost, he'd quit. So we, know for sure then that that Owens isn't going to lose. Uh he ended up winning with the stunner and as I ask after all recent Shane McMahon matches, now we have to ask ourselves if this is the last we have seen of Shane McMahon for quite some time. I I, I mean it has to be, right? They can't just keep doing this, right? They it it uh it is 
Shane McMahon stuff for me is instant fast forward. Like as soon as it comes on, I'm like, this, this is not for me. I don't know who this is for. Actually, I have an idea who it's for, but this is not for me. And I fast forward it, but it's Kevin. I mean, Kevin Owens was made to, to look like, okay, he's this anti-hero rebel guy that we can all get behind. And he's been given the stunner as a finisher. And a new finisher, especially something like the stunner, that's significant. It's really significant that Owens now has a stunner as a finisher. I don't think you give the stunner to a guy that you don't think has another world title run in him. And you give the stunner as a finish to a guy who you want to to move up in the card. Much like, much like, Bray Wyatt now has the mandible claw. But before we get to that, however, just... So Owens wins with the stunner, and then we get Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus in her hometown. Charlotte would get much of the offense in this match, though Stratus... Uh, would get to do, you know, her bigger moves like the chick kick and the stratosphere, I think it's called. And uh, she would do that uh, head scissors from the top, the bulldog off the ropes. Uh, she would also do her own version of the figure eight. Uh, but in the end, it was... Did Flair make her tap? I can't remember. Flair, Flair comes away with the victory over Trish Stratus. And so you have to imagine... After a high-profile win like this, that Charlotte Flair's next match is going to be for a championship. So I think it's Charlotte Flair versus Bailey at Clash of the Champions or Night of the Champions, which is on September fifteenth. And you know, you know how Charlotte Flair's career has gone thus far. She never goes that long without holding on to a title. So. I don't know how much longer Bailey's title reign is going to last if she is going to run into Flair next. Speaking of title reigns that I'm worried aren't going to last, that took us to Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. This match ended in a double countout, sort of an out-of-nowhere double countout, with the story being Orton was so obsessed with beating up Kingston in front of uh, Kofi's kids that they both ignored the count and it was a double count out. So now, of course, we're going to have that match again, likely a Clash of the Champions. And another note I wanted to talk about, about the Clash of the Champions. So the reports are that starting in October, the brand split is going to be like a hard brand split again. None of this wild card flip-flopping stuff. And I wonder if they're going to go back to brand-specific pay-per-views. It's possible. I mean, NXT already does their own brand-specific pay-per-views. And also, like, actual pay-per-view buy rates don't matter anymore. And that had been the problem before. So as long as you can draw a decent crowd to a show, which I'm... I mean, they do SmackDown house shows and SmackDown-specific TV shows, so of course they can do that. So I wonder if brand-specific pay-per-views 
are possibly on their way back. But Kingston versus Orton, this was ending in a way where it's going to set up a future match between the two. So I guess WWE just figuring, look, we got a, this was a stacked card. No one, no one's going to care if this ends in weird fashion, especially after we give them the fiend in the next match. We talked about this at the, the top of the show. This is the next level for Bray Wyatt. This is this is like going from I think Kane to the Undertaker. Well, ah, well, okay, obviously he's not the un, uh, the Undertaker, but I it's just me saying if this character I, I it's just taking him to a a real main event level where I think him challenging for a world title is a pay-per-view main event. doesn't have to happen right away, of course. This is a character where, much like The Undertaker, it can exist in its own universe and not have to have titles. But this is now Bray Wyatt as an unstoppable monster instead of a cult leader heel. Right, like he he his character before had the Wyatt family to do his dirty work. Now he is the character which does his own dirty work. He's he's yeah, the difference is that now he's gonna be portrayed as a monster heel as opposed to sort of like um, you know, this character who's a bad guy. And I think it's the start of, a, I, I mean, it could be the start of anything for Bray Wyatt. The start of a, a run that sees him as a, a featured performer in WWE for years and years and years and is inducted into the Hall of Fame and has multiple world title runs. All those things completely on the table, in my opinion. And it started off great here. He beat Finn Balor, a former Universal Champion, in dominating fashion with the Mandible Claw. So that, to me, signifies that WWE is behind the character. And it's a good sign that they'll go far with it. And then finally, Seth Rollins defeated Brock Lesnar, much like he did at WrestleMania to become the new universal champion. Now, Brock Lesnar, I'm pretty sure has, is signed to WWE for many more years. I mean, he officially retired from MMA. He re-signed with WWE. I know we don't know for how many years exactly, but so they've had him, they've communicated twice now that Seth Rollins can beat Brock Lesnar. He does it by doing multiple stirb, ah, curb stomps and things like that in what have been really fun matches. In every Brock Lesnar match, it starts off at like the end of the match, right? Like it's, it, uh, there's no beginning grappling and stuff like that. Everybody goes right into their big moves right away. Like if he's wrestling Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns just starts off doing... Uh, Superman punches and spears. He's wrestling Seth Rollins. You know, you're, you're going to get a stirb, uh, ha, curb stomp attempt early in the match. 
So now what happens for both guys? Rollins is the champion. And there's all sorts of possibilities. I mean, he could feud with the OC and AJ Styles and Finn Balor. That seems uh, like something which could happen. But, I mean, there's lots of other heels on Raw, of course, as well. And he could... uh, that he could feud with. And then for Brock Lesnar, you kind of wonder what's next. And I almost wonder if Brock Lesnar is going to SmackDown. Because that's the brand that's going on to Fox. And Fox, you know, they have experience with UFC and MMA. And Brock, they know Brock Lesnar's a big draw. I kind of wonder if Brock Lesnar's going to SmackDown. I also wonder if Ronda Rousey's going to SmackDown when she comes back from her impregnation vacation. And I thought that video, she, if you haven't seen it, Ronda Rousey's YouTube channel is just her busting out jokes now. And she made like a, a trailer for a fake movie about tables. And um, Devon's in it, Travis Brown's in it. And it's funny, like Ronda Rousey's funny. She has, you know, we'll, we'll see how long until Ronda Rousey is back as well. So, um, I mean, Rollins could feud with Braun Strowman. You could do something there. Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley when he gets back. Lots of things you could do with Seth Rollins. But with Brock Lesnar, I mean, he's now had and lost the, the Universal Championship a bunch of times. He's now lost to Seth Rollins on two major pay-per-views in a row. What's next for him? What do you do with Brock Lesnar? Much like Bray Wyatt is starting a new period in his career, this seemed like a chapter end for Brock Lesnar. Like something different has to happen the next time we see him. And he has to start to kind of reestablish himself as a monster after we've now seen him be beat cleanly by Rollins twice. And I wonder if that rebuild doesn't happen on SmackDown and we don't see it until, um, you know, maybe the debut episode of SmackDown on Fox or something like that. I don't know, but there's some pretty exciting things to come in the world of pro wrestling. Everything changes in October when AEW TV uh, hits the air. Uh, Everything changed at the beginning of this year when AEW is announced the industry has changed drastically, and that'll happen anytime a billionaire starts a new company. Uh, thanks again, guys, for your support of this channel. Please make sure to hit the like button the, the and to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any news or reports. It also helps this channel grow and be seen by more people. Thanks again, everyone. I'm the Eye Guy from Spoiler Free.